Good morning. Well, it's definitely a different day, as you can tell. Sometimes you just have to take time and have a reset. You just have to say, all right, right, the devil's been trying to do some junk, and we're not putting up with it. Do I have any of those people here today? I'm not putting up with his junk. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I see we had our bathroom exodus. And uh, so we'll just wait till they get back. I'll do what people used to do to, with, to me after 12 o'clock. I'll be like. <laughs> yeah, and then I had some that would do this. It is true. <laughs> it's true. It's funny. It's funny what we uh, uh, condition our flesh uh, for and uh, how much we don't need to condition our flesh. Actually, we just need to submit our flesh. We just need to submit it. And uh, the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And we want fullness of life and fullness of peace in Jesus' name. He was trying to be respectful and get to a seat without messing me up. Thank you. <laughs> Every time somebody does that, I always want to run over to them and stand right in front of them and just stand there and make them wait, you know. But anyway, uh, we just love you. It's going to be a great, great day. And uh, we're going to, the message, I believe that you are going to see some things change in your life today forever based off of what you learn today and what you hear today in the word and I'm looking forward to it. it's going to be a great great day and uh, before we get going I want to give you uh, a couple of things that are very important uh, number one um, I, I wrote it down on my piece of paper you know on Friday night uh, we had a group of people show up at the uh, fairgrounds for Freedom Fest and uh, they handed out water. So I just want to say to all the water giver outers, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I appreciate all the water giver outers. Amen. (laughs) We love you so much. And uh, people were standing there just serving. And uh, any event like that, we always like uh, to just hand out water. People are always there like, this is free? We're like, yes, take 20, you know? And uh, they're like, really? And so, yeah, come back anytime. It's one of the cheapest ways that we can just share the love of God with the community and serve them, especially if like the fair is in the middle of the hot days of September. Uh, man, people are, give me water. You know, they, and uh, we just get to be there with a the cold water to give to them. And it's been such a blessing. And that's why I love, actually, the fair uh, people, they didn't have the fair this year, but they said, will you come and give out water uh, to this Freedom Fest? Sure. And uh, any time we can just love on the community and serve them, uh, that's, that's awesome. If you don't know, uh, some years ago when we first started doing that at the fair, we actually rent a booth at the fair. So we pay money to buy water to give it away. And the first year we started to go out there and uh, we started talking about, um, I just talked about like wanting to make people wait when they're waiting to come to their seat. So you just have boldness and take your seat, Serena. Amen. <laughs> she was being, she was like this at the back. So 
I'll walk over here so it's more comfortable. So, and, uh, so anyway, uh, the first year that we were giving out water, the Lord said, uh, we, were, we were saying, all right, are we going to have any cards that said boomerang on it or have a sign that said boomerang or something like that? And the Lord said, would you go out there if you couldn't put up a sign? And I was like, uh. He said, are you going out there to advertise or to serve? Yeah. <laughs> I said, uh. Like, I thought it was to serve till you asked that question, and then I felt it in my flesh. I was like, no, we were going out there with more for to let people know about our church instead of serve. I said, Mary, just since you asked that question, we will have no material. Uh, basically, we will have nothing public that says our name. Uh, we'll have some cards behind the table, and if somebody specifically asks because they want to know, uh, we'll give it to them. But other than that, it won't even be seen. And uh, we did that, yeah, we did that for a while. And then the Lord led us. He said, go ahead and put your name up and everything. But the question is, are we trying to build our own kingdom or are we trying to build his kingdom? Yeah. And see, the right heart will put us in the right place. But I just want to tell you, everybody that was a part of that on Friday night and uh, that was out there, thank you so very much. Also, during this period of time, uh, I don't know that I've said this directly, but when the lockdown occurred, we were actually out in the, we never missed a service, glory to God, uh, but we were in the uh, parking lot, we assembled, you know, we kept that command to assemble the whole time, but we were in the parking lot for six weeks, and uh, we had people showing up here at 6 a.m. in the morning, getting set up so that we could just flow, so that the anointing of God could flow and feed people and break those bondages uh, right in the middle of a lockdown when people needed it most and uh, everybody that played any part in that setup during that period of time I just want to tell you again it just came up to me again I want to tell you again thank you uh, because there were people that did a lot yeah. during that period of time and uh, you helped the body of Christ be served and so thank you so very much and uh, we praise God for you amen so another thing is if you're not aware of it um, we have a daily live broadcast called Lunch Plus. And the way that this started was actually during the lockdown, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to give fresh daily bread, a word from me every day so that people will be strengthened and nourished in the spirit during this time. Well, that turned into then when the lockdown basically came to an end, if it, you can call it come to an end, there's still some remaining pieces we need to believe God to go away. Um, but um, when that kind of, we could actually, you know, go out again, uh, you know, according to what they were saying. Um, the Lord said, I don't want you to stop that broadcast. He said, I want you to keep doing it every day. I said, okay. And then he gave us a little bit more instruction. And so what that broadcast is, just so if you don't know, is every day it is still fresh daily bread. And the truth of the matter is the anointing of God is hitting that broadcast every day. I mean, there, in, in the room, you can feel it. It's tangible. The power of God is showing up, isn't it? And, and you just sense like this will change people's lives. Well, not only that, but the, that's the 
end part is the what's the word for today. But uh, the first part of it is really like a family show, like a good news uh, daily live show uh, like you used to watch on TV in the mornings or something. And uh, it is fun. I mean, you will laugh and everything. And that's designed actually to connect with people that might not be that keen on the word yet. They might not be keen on God, but they're tired of seeing junk and they want something that's going to bless them. You know, we have one segment that's just called What's Good, and it's telling good news happening in the world, not the, not the negative news that, you know, all the media outlets, you know, thrive on. Uh, and people thrive on. They're supposed to thrive on things worthy of praise. Uh, but it's fun. We play games, and uh, we do lots. We have contests. We give away stuff. That's every day at 11.45 a.m. it starts and goes to about 1 or 1.30 uh, with what's the word. And, of course, you know, people are at work, but it's lunch plus, And you can get in there and get that fresh daily word. And this has happened multiple times already. We've covered something in lunch plus, and then somebody comes up and and. They're like, what do I do with this? And I'll say, actually, if you listen to today's broadcast, we just covered it. Um, because it's a daily word designed to give to the people of God at Boomerang and in this area. It's a fresh word that you can live off of. And so I encourage you uh, with that. Every Sunday at 8.15 in the morning, we have a pre-service prayer. It's a corporate prayer. Um, I want to say this to you. We want your supply at prayer. Never are there major moves of God. Never are there major moves of God that weren't first started in prayer. You'll never see a major. How many people want a major move of God in your life? Anybody want some manifestation of God in your life? It starts in prayer. It starts in prayer. I see the things that we pray out throughout the week. We also have prayer every weekday at 6 a.m. here from 6 a.m. to 7. And uh, we'd love for you to be there too. But if, if nothing else, start with pre-service prayer on Sunday morning from 8.15 to 9.15. And then we go into the Bible Academy. Uh, and we're, we just started that Bible Academy. It's like a discipleship track. And the truth is, even if you've been in church all your life, uh, you'll see things that you have haven't seen before. You'll get, you'll get perspectives about the word and it's something that the Lord's given us. That starts from 9.15, 9.30 and then we have service at 10. Uh, tomorrow night we'll have men's group at 7 p.m. And uh, do I have any men in the room? Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounded kind of weak. <laughs> sounded kind of weak. Yeah, yeah. Let's, there you go. Did you just grunt? I like it. Good job. I, that's what I was looking for, but nobody caught that. Good job. Amen. So tomorrow night, 7, 7 p.m. at Blue Bay, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So praise God. It's always fun, and uh, we generally laugh a lot, and uh, we enjoy the presence of God and the fellowship of one another. Iron sharpening iron. Uh, I want to give you this, and you can mark this down. This is something special that we're doing uh, October the 11th. The reason why I'm covering announcements is there's quite a number of things that I just wanted to tell you myself this morning. Most of the time Barrett handles uh, announcements, but I wanted to tell you. So October the 11th, we're going to take up a special offering. So we'll have our normal tithes and offerings, but then we're taking up a special one for ICCF. And ICCF is a fellowship of ministers that is designed specifically 
to minister to pastors. And here's the thing. When you change one pastor or you help one pastor, you're not just helping one person. You're helping the whole body that they're called to and sometimes even more than that. And uh, that's what this group is, to help them, to grow them. And uh, last, was it this year? Or No, last year. Last year, uh, they invited me to be on the board of that. And so Nicole and I have both uh, been on that board, helping it to go forward and serving ministers literally all over the world. And a lot of what ICCF taught me, I've taught over in Africa, in the Philippines. I've taught here, you know, and at different churches. And it really helped us a lot. And so here's what I want you to do. I just want you to seek the Lord. Lord, how much would you have me to give? Well, once a year, we'll take up a special offering just for that organization that's going straight into helping and training pastors. And uh, so, yeah, amen. And uh, just seek the Lord on what you and your family would like to sow into that. And then just be obedient to whatever he says. All right. And then, hallelujah, next week. Next week, one week from today, at 6.30 in the evening, we'll have our morning service, of course, 6.30 in the evening, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Brother Tracy Harris is going to be here. So glory to God. Amen. Are y'all excited? Yeah. If you know, then you know. And if you don't, then you need to know. And that means show up next Sunday night at 6.30. He's going to be here. It's going to be awesome. Anybody think it's going to be awesome next week? See, they know. They've been around. It's going to be great. Uh, He is uh, a spiritual uh, father to me. And uh, the word says there are many voices in the world, but you don't have many spiritual fathers. You don't have many fathers. And uh, he is a great man of God, one of the most powerful I've ever seen. And uh, and there's a reason why uh, the Lord connected me with him and him with us. And uh, you're going to find out next week. It's going to be awesome. So Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. Uh, do not miss it. Invite people. I've seen multiple people many times healed, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost. Get their vision and destiny. Get some plans for that laid in there. I've seen the lives go up time and time and time again. Uh, the influences in his life and the people that he was personally connected to, uh, Brother Hagen, Oral Roberts, uh, Hilton Sutton. Uh, these are some of the men that had personal uh, influence in his life, and uh, he's just a blessing. He's just a blessing. We, you'll love him. So that'll be next week this time. All right, glory to God. Father, we just praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory. Thank you, Lord. Just pray with me. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, your word says when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we do give thanks well. Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you. We worship you in Jesus' name. And we're not leaving here the same. We give ourselves to be changed by the word of God and we will be changed in Jesus' name. We will go higher. We will give ourselves to change whatever it is that you point out in our lives. We will think bigger. We will think higher. We will set our eyes on things above and we will go to those places in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. We receive from you, we praise you, and we just give you glory. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about in a series called The Word Works. Amen. Say it with me. The Word Works. All right, now say it like you mean it. Amen. The Word Works. There you go. Glory to God. Amen. You know, sometimes we've got to get engaged with stuff. We've got to, you know, one of the... Um, there's a whole lot of people that can amen and hallelujah, but if you don't have transfer uh, into power and into results and manifestations, uh, then what good is it? You know, uh, I, I would ask the guys, what good is a car that looks really pretty, you know, your favorite car, you know, the one that's your dream car? What good would it really be if you could set it there and look at it and it, you could rev the engine really, really high and it would sound awesome, whoa, whoa, and it would sound awesome, but then it never applied the power that was within the engine to the wheels to the road. In other words, it couldn't move. It couldn't go anywhere. Well, I don't want a big paperweight, you know. If I just wanted to look at it, I'll just get some pictures of it and put them up somewhere. No, I want something that can do something, you know. It's like one thing to see it, you know, think about that. All of a sudden, you hit, uh, <laughs> it's, it's your fault, Eddie, because uh, we met beforehand and he started talking to me about old cars. And, and now, and it's your fault. And uh, so then, imagine you know, you're sitting there, you look, I'm, I'm talking to the guys, ladies, I really hope you get what I'm talking about here. And uh, if not, I'll ask the Lord to give me some kind of revelation for you. But it's one thing, you know, to see that car sitting outside. But watch, what would happen if, if all of a sudden somebody had, you know, the souped up, you know, Shelby, right, sitting out here. Uh, what's, what's the name of it, guys? Eleanor. Oh, oh. Come here. Glory to God. She said, Eleanor. Amen. Eleanor. And also, imagine we walked outside today, and in the parking lot, there was Eleanor sitting there. You know, all the guys would be like, oh, you know, like that. But then, what if all of a sudden, right when you look at it and you see it, all of a sudden, whoever's in the car romps on it. Boom! And they go, Wah! like that. All of a sudden, all the guys would be like, oh! <laughs> you know, they would just... Ah, see, see, there's something that happens when you take potential and it actually works. You see, I got all the guys' attention right now. And Ashley. <laughs> and there's something that happens when we're actually see manifestation of what's supposed to be. So how good is it to sit around in church for 30 years and talk about how good God is, but then the, those that believe never lay hands on the sick and see them recover. They never cast out demons. They never win souls. They never make disciples. There's no transfer. Turn with me uh, to uh, 1 John chapter 1. This is not on your notes, and, uh, but they're going to pass out some notes to you. Do they have them? Glory to God. Well, let's just pass those out. I about forgot to give them to you. But these are not, this verse is not in there. It 
So 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1 through 4. When everybody's got it, I won't do like Bible school and make you stand up with your Bible ready. But look up at me when you're at 1 John chapter 1 and you're ready to, ready to hear it. Hallelujah. When I see everybody's pretty face, I'll begin. Blessed, glorious, filled up with the glory of God and the fire of God faces. Hallelujah. Now look at this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Remember, the word works. Now you have him here, he says in verse 2, And the life was manifested, not just talked about, manifested. And we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too, you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Now what I want you to see is the writer here is saying this, I'm not going to be complete in my joy until the things that we have seen and heard and experienced and manifested, the power of God, the love of God, the hope of God that we've seen and touched and manifested in our lives. We're not going to be full in our joy until you've seen it and touched it and seen it manifest in your life as well. That's what he's saying. He said, I'm I'm about to talk to you about the reality, the manifestation, not just the loud revving, not just the, you know, many preachers rev loud on Sunday, but they never see healing. They never see miracles. They never see, you know, this year, almost 1,600 souls committed to Christ. Are we at 1,600? We're right at it. Right at almost 1,600 during the lockdown. 58 people last week on the Holy Ghost weekend we had and we went out and won souls and 58 people committed to Christ just last week. Glory to God. They don't see that. The average church wins less than two people a year to the Lord. What good is it to rev loud even in a pulpit if there's no manifestation and transfer of the love of God? And the love of God is not just to be talked about, it, like what 1 John says. It's to be seen and heard and touched and manifested in our lives. And he's saying, look, we want the same fellowship that we've had in verse 3. We want the same fellowship that we've had for you to have it. If I can have an experience with God as pastor, I'm doing a horrible job of pastor unless you have an experience with God. 
I'm, the job is not to talk about how great my relationship is, but only to transfer that to everybody so that we all walk in a manifestation of the power of God in everything that we do. Those, Mark 16, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's meant for everybody. It's meant, do we have different roles? Yeah, absolutely, we have different roles. My job is to help shepherd people and to help pastor people and empower them and strengthen them and grow them up to the fullness of the stature of Christ in Ephesians 4. That's my job. That's my role. But all of our role is to experience God, receive Him, and not just rev loud about Him. Now how many people, you, you know in your spirit, that's the case. That's true. I know that. I know that in my heart. I know that. But if we answer honestly, how many of us have walked that out or seen it walked out? Honestly, there's many churches that are not walking this out. They're just not. Jesus says, makes it very clear in John 15. We need to have fruit. What kind of fruit? Well, we don't just need to, well, well we have a thousand people on Sunday. That's not necessarily fruit. It's good, but that's not necessarily. We need to go back to the Bible and see what fruit is. Fruit is winning souls, great commission, making disciples. Walking in power where healing and miracles flow through the body of Christ. These things and greater you will do. The, those that believe, not just those that are called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They, we need to walk in supernatural revelation. Any, uh, a fruit of being in fellowship with Him is you start to know things. He says, I, I will share things with you. I will disclose myself to you, Jesus says. I'll disclose myself. I'll share these things with you. I'll give you supernatural revelation, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Words of prophecy, supernatural revelation. I'm not just talking about a mic drop moment and, and something that just makes you, sh oh, glory to God, hallelujah, in church on Sunday morning. That's not just what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a word of God that's spoken and, and that person can feel, whoa, something broke off my life just then. Supernatural revelation, rhema word from God, alive now. That's designed for every believer to walk in. Every believe when you walk down the street, like uh, uh, you guys had, you and Paul and Buddy had a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden the Lord says, "Go down here," and it looks like it doesn't work out. But then there's the person sitting there, and you speak a word to them, not knowing the situation that they're in, and it's exactly what they just prayed. Supernatural revelation and other fruit, the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All of the fruit of the Spirit should be seen in the people. This is the fruit that should be in us. This is the fruit that should be in our churches. And we shouldn't make excuses for why it's not there. We should be seeing it. There should be a transfer, not just a revving loud. But the truth is, and then the Word talks about it, is 
we got to put down our flesh. And, and we've got to grow up into these things. And we have a flesh that's corrupted and from way, way back. You know, great, 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 somewhere great, great times however many Grandpa Adam and Eve messed up. And that sin went all the way through and I'm still carrying the marks of it. And you are too in a corrupted flesh until we receive a glorified body. And until we receive that, we still got something to do. And it will try and get in the way of the manifestation of the power and love of God. So we have a responsibility. But then Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to set you free. I'm going to give myself and shed my blood. And then he says, he does all that and he says, it is finished. And his part, done, done. Now it's our turn. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I receive you. And all of a sudden, woof, you become a part of his family, an inheritor, inheritor of his good things. You're designed like him, made in his image and likeness. He says in uh, uh, 1 Peter, I think it's 3.15, it says, or, yeah, 1 Peter 1.3, I think it is. It says, it says that you are already granted everything pertaining to, to life and godliness. He's already given. It's finished in Christ. You have everything that you need in him. Now it's time to grow up in him and apply these things. And who's that for? All of us. But, but the fact remains that I tried that and I failed. A lot. Anybody else tried some of that stuff and failed? A lot. <laughs> you, you had a lot too? Yeah, me too. But does that make this of none effect? Does that make this wrong? Lying? No. It just means I got some work on me to do. We got some work on us to do. All right, Lord, let me give myself to you. The master craftsman. I put myself as clay in your hands. Lord, shape me, mold me, transform me by the washing of the water of the word. Let me get out the strongholds of a corrupted flesh and start thinking like you, thinking like heaven thinks. Let me start putting your thoughts in my thoughts. Let me replace them. Let me set my eyes on, on you Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? No sickness, no disease, no lack. Then I should think like that. I should think like that. Those that will believe will lay hands on the sick. When's the last time we laid hands on the sick? Do we believe that word? It's true. I've watched it play out time and time and time again. But I'll tell you, even as a preacher, many times when I first started praying over people, they didn't get well right there. And I was discouraged in my flesh, but I knew God didn't lie. Let God be true, but every man a liar, including myself. And I, the truth is, uh, before I knew him as good as I know him now, and I still don't know him fully, even Paul in Romans 11 said... He said, talking about God, oh, the depth and the width 
In other words, he didn't, how, how can I even describe how big God is? I'm still learning about him. I'm still, still learning about him as much as Paul knew, the apostle Paul knew. I'm still growing in him. The, the truth is, even though you know, I, I, I had stuff inside of me that was lying against the truth of the word, and I had to give myself to the Lord so he could root some of that stuff out. The word works. But we have to work the word. God's done his part. He gave us all the promises. And he said, all my promises are yes and amen. In other words, when, when you see one of my promises, I've already answered yes. And, and he said, and amen. So be it. Yeah, yes, come to pass. That's his answer. You see a promise applied correctly. You know, sometimes that corrupted flesh wants to take a promise and, and we want to make it fit the flesh. But when we take that word and we go to the full counsel of the word and it's actually what God said, a promise that he said, God said, it is yes and amen, so be it. And when the people of God see it like that, things change. Realities change. What we see changes. Why? Because when you see that God can't lie, but my flesh can to me at times, and that's a lot of times been where we were in the past, when we see that, then we'll start to say, that's got to be true. And I might not understand yet how to get to that, but I give myself to you until I can see it the way you see it. And God says, now I'll take what you see. I'll change what you can't see at the root, and it will change what I can see. It will change the fruit. It will change the fruit. So, Lord, just, just say this with me right now. Just say, Lord, Lord change, me. change me. Show me truth. Show me truth. Let, you Let you be true. Your word be true. Word be true. And every man a liar. And let me change. change. Amen. Amen. Now that's a dangerous prayer to your corrupted flesh. That's a dangerous prayer to your corrupted flesh because that means you're going to have to change. And how many people in this earth, in America, in 2020, like to change? Now their spirit man likes to change, but the flesh man? Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They don't, flesh men don't like changing. And so we've got to get to the place where we say, you know what, change is a part of growth. There's no way that I can go forward and grow without having change. We have a, a saying in the leadership, growth without change is impossible. So in the leadership training. So we know, in other words, I can't, I can't grow to another level without something changing. I've got to change the way I think. I've got to change my actions. I've got to move towards that. So and you, know, you start praying prayers like that, what's God going to do? Uh, put on the screen, please, Hebrews 12, 11. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses as a pastor. I didn't love it when I was the one having to change, but I like it now because it helps people. He, Hebrews 12, 11, all discipline for the moment, seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. All discipline for the moment. But then it says, yet to those who have been trained by it, 
Afterwards, it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So what happens, you start praying like that, Lord, change me, and God takes his finger, his holy finger, he puts it, he sees the issue that you need to change, and he puts it right on that. And we're like, you know, it's like God putting his finger right on the nerve. No! Ow! It's like Nicole when she walked by me in the bathroom and I got a bump on my back. And she seems to love it. And I'm like, ow, let's stop. She's like, I know. It's horrible. I know. And yeah, she's helping me, but it hurts. Ask her why it's so fresh in my memory. <laughs> and see, a lot of times God, all discipline, you know, he disciplines those that he loves. At what point, at what point is God going to stop loving you? So at what point is discipline going to stop being applied from God? So we might as well get used to it. That does not give you license. (laughs) The discipline of God, we might as well get used to. But he's going to put his finger right on that area, right on that nerve, and you're going to feel it in your flesh. Many times it's while I'm preaching. Wow, where did the amens go? (laughs) See, we can tell how much we like changing, how much we like our toes stepped on, just right there. Yeah, that was great, Pastor. (laughs) Why? And and see, a lot of times people are like, he knows what's going on in my situation. When I get up here, I don't even remember what's going on in your situation. It comes out many times. uh, I'll I'll do this in front of you because I don't remember any moment where this has happened in front of you at this point. And uh, so many times, you know, let's say he's dealing with situation A, and I'll be preaching, and I'll be preaching, and I'll be like, yeah, and you need to work on situation A, and it needs to get handled, doesn't, glory to God. And, and, and he's thinking, my God, I'm right here. Everybody's seeing you look at me, and I'm dealing with situation A. And then I'll walk, I'll, huh? It has happened. I just wasn't aware. <laughs> and then I'll walk right over here and, and I'll be like, oh no, he's dealing with situation A. Oh, holy ghost. Oh no. Why? Because God loves us and he disciplines those that he loves and he'll put his finger right on it. And people think they're like, he's just doing that because he knows I have that. No, most of the time I forget. It's just the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost trying to help and get real personal about it. But just because I'm in front of somebody talking about situation A doesn't mean that they're dealing with it. I can be in front of somebody that's not dealing with that, just to throw that disclaimer out there. But a lot of people, they, they think that just, you know, this is the way it works. No, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten to the end of the service. I'll walk out and say to people, hello, 
I'm reviewing the message in my mind, and I think, oh, that was funny because the Lord, you know, he, he, he had me discipline people right then. And then I'll remember, oh, no, that's right what they're dealing with. Oh, my goodness, God. And he's like, I did it, not you. I was like, obviously, I forgot, but they don't know that. They don't know that. And that's just the Holy Ghost helping us. But see, we look at it with fleshly eyes, and then a lot of times people have gotten mad at the pastor, and the pastor was innocent in it. That was the Holy Spirit trying to help them weed out that thing that's causing so much grief in their life. So much. God wants the Word to work in our life, but we've got to give ourselves to it. We've got to humble ourselves to the Word. I can tell right now we are not getting to these notes. <laughs> And if I did, would you want me to? There's two pages and I hadn't even started yet. And y'all know I can preach for three hours on one verse. And there's at least like 15. Bring these back next week because it'll be really, yeah, really good next week. Amen. I spent a lot of time putting these together. They're nice. You should read them. I, I knew this was going to happen, Lord. Why? Because I didn't have a message. And that means he wants me to get in y'all's business most of the time. But then everybody's like, glory to God. And you get to the end, you're like, Pastor, I needed that today. I'm like, amen. I needed it too. Did you get the, the title changed on the message? He did. I don't even know why you did that. I know I told you to, but why? That'll be what it is next week. The Word works, but see, we have to work the Word. The Word works. We've got to humble ourselves to the Word, and I think if you were putting a title on it is, Give Yourself to the Word. Give Yourself to the Word. Give Yourself to the Word. We must, in order for the Word to work, we must give ourselves to the Word. Go with me, please, to James chapter 4. James 4. And verse 6. See, in that verse before it, it, it says, you know, but the discipline of God. He disciplines us, but discipline, all discipline, not just some discipline, but all discipline. Again, Hebrews 12, 11, all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. That means any moment God comes and puts his finger on your issue that the flesh has a reaction to, it's never not going to have a reaction. Now, in understanding the Bible, you have to understand the three parts of man. And if your spirit is renewed and made in the image and likeness of God, right, it likes discipline. Your spirit man, renewed in Christ, it likes discipline. Why? Because it likes being like God. That's who it is. It's washed completely new. The spirit likes discipline, godly discipline. But what 
what does it say in Hebrews 12, 11? All discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful but sorrowful. Who is he talking about? Which part of man? The spirit, the soul, the mind, will, and emotions, or the body? It's, it's the mind, will, and emotions affected by the flesh, by the body. That's what he's talking about. And he's saying flesh, body, you're not going to like discipline. Isn't that just, doesn't that make you want to shout? I mean, I could, I could hear the hallelujah on the inside of you. <laughs> Glory to God. I could hear it on the inside. And now think about that. It always, to the flesh, is going to be sorrowful and not joyful. Always. But we know that if we give ourselves to it, we will eat the fruit the peaceful fruit of righteousness, the peaceful fruit. In other words, should we give ourselves to the discipline of God? Yes, we should give ourselves to the discipline of God. Now, how many times you've been corrected about something and you didn't feel like giving yourself to that? <laughs> Honesty, thank you. Honesty, amen. I didn't like that pastor said that in his message. I didn't like that he corrected me this week. It kind of was a week of correction. This is interesting, wasn't it? I even corrected myself. But you know what? When I corrected myself this week, I had the most peace. Because God's word is true. And so there's a lot of things that we need to work on. You see, if we had it all right... You're, you would be glowing in the glory right now. I don't see any light bulbs helping out these lights. But if under the old covenant, Moses could get around the glory without Jesus still under the curse and light up like a light bulb with a glory that was fading away, certainly with Jesus we can have a greater glory. A greater glory. And we should be walking in it. See, we've just accepted that it's not normal, so we haven't even pushed after the glory that we can have. But yet he tells us about the, the church in Isaiah 60, arise, shine. And he's talking about, see, when you change your spiritual root so much, your, your flesh will start to react in a different way. It happened with Moses where they had to cover his face. They had to cover his face because it scared people. Well, what, they were so spiritually sensitive? No, they were hard-hearted. That was a hard-hearted people. But it scared them because they could see it with their eyes. They could see the manifestation of the glory. They could see the things we have seen and heard and touched and manifested. But in order for us to have the word working in our life, we must give ourselves to it. Why did Moses carry the glory of God? He carried the glory because he hungered for it. Can you imagine the people that were scared of God in that time? Even in Exodus 20. Exodus 20 and verse 20. Moses says, come up to the mountain. And they were like putting it in reverse. Beep, beep. No, no. I see the thunder. I see the lightning. I feel the shaking in the earth. Moses, you go for us. You go ahead and go for us. And religion is born. Preacher, you pray for me. No, you pray for yourself. I'm teaching you how to pray. Don't put me between you and God. My job is just to help you. 
stay in his presence. Stay in his presence. But see, Moses, even with seeing the shaking and the fire and the lightnings and, and all of this stuff, and, and knowing that God was holy, he's giving them the law, telling them, you know, that no priest can go into the holy of holy place without a rope around their foot, because if he's got sin in his life, you know, the bells that are on uh, the bottom of his uh, robe will stop, stop jingling because he fell over dead. And they said, tie a rope, because if he's got it, you'll have to pull him out, because you can't go in until you get right. So Moses knows about the glory of God, but he hungered for it. And instead of being afraid of a father that he knows loved him, he said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. When he hungered for the things of God, God said, yeah, there's part of that that you just asked for. You can't get all of that right now. But I'm going to give you what you can have. I'm going to give you everything you can have. I'll cause all my goodness to pass before you. And there's a rock. And there's a place cut out that's just perfect for you. In the rock of Christ. And I'm going to put you right in Christ. And I'll cause my glory to pass before you. And the glory of God passed before Moses and lit him up. Yeah. And we are in that rock today. Yeah. Can you tell this shifted? Yeah. But see, you don't get to these places without giving yourself to the humility of the word. The Word wants to work in us. The Word longs to work in you. The Word longs to work in your home and your, and your household. But until you give yourself in humility and hunger to God, you're not going to see the working of the Word in its fullness. You'll just get touches of it. It'll be the crumbs instead of the full thing. But God wants you to have it all. Now pertaining to life and godliness, He's granted everything. Everything in Ephesians 1 3. Beloved, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quoting 1 John or 3 John, but he says this He says, I'm giving you everything, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Ephesians 1 3. He's not withholding one good thing from those who walk uprightly. Do we know what we have available to us in the goodness of God? Is He so big? Is He so good? Is He so loving? Is He so powerful? And then He's just going to keep it to Himself? No, that's why He sent Jesus. And through Him, the, the rock, I'll make a cleft in it for you. And you'll step through the door and step into His glory. I'm, I'm believing for these things myself. I, I'm tired of being average. I'm tired of, uh, who cares if we're above average in the earth? Right. Whoop-dee-doo-wah. Who cares? Lord, let me walk in what you've made available through Christ. Let me stay in Christ and Him in me. And let all that you have and that you paid for, let it come to pass. Brethren, let me tell you about the things that we've seen and heard 
and touched and manifested. And I'm telling you this so that you can have fellowship with us that our joy might be full. These are not just the words of John. This is the words of the Holy Ghost inspiring every scripture. Are you going to touch it? Are you, are you going to receive the glory? Then we have to humble ourselves. And the ways that have been working in the world, they don't work with God. And so we got to give ourselves to God and say, Lord, teach me to think differently. Teach me to walk differently. Teach me, Father, how to move in you. James 4, verse 6. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. He says, but humble yourself to God. Submit yourself to the Lord. And I'll give you grace. And greater grace. Not just grace, but even greater grace. The word works. Said, this is the way my word is sent. It will accomplish everything it was sent to do in Isaiah 55, 11. Jeremiah 23, 29, though one of the scriptures we covered at the beginning, he said, isn't my word like a fire that'll burn up everything in its path? A hammer. And we talked about that'll break all the strongholds of the ground that's holding you back. God plants you in this earth and there's already natural things designed to hold you back. But when we apply the word in our life, it'll start to break up that ground so that the seed will have room to sprout and grow. And when the storms come, you'll be the shelter that others will run into because the word works. But it's also the fire that burns up the problems around you. It burns up the bonds of the ones who are committed to the Lord. Their bonds fall off in the fire. And God says, there's another rock I'll send in with you, a flame of fire in the name of Jesus, the fourth man in the fire. He'll walk with you. He'll keep, he'll keep the spiritual fire going. It'll burn off the things that have held you back forever. But it also purged you of your own stuff. So in order to walk in the freedom, you've got to walk in the purging. They go hand in hand. In order to walk in the glory, you've got to walk in the word. And it's time for us. This is a dividing line in the, in the history of time. This is a time where there's a purging between the sheep and the goats. God is sifting. He's finding out who really wants to go after him or who's satisfied with the things of the world. And I'm talking to a people today that want to go after him with everything that they have. They want to go after him. Lord, I'm tired of average. I'm tired of mediocre. I'm ready to be used by God. I'm ready to win souls, make disciples, lay hands on the sick, see the power of God, miracles. I'm ready to move in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the manifestations of your presence. I'm ready to give myself to the fruit of the Spirit, to have love, joy, peace. I'm not one that comes in and brings anxiety. I bring peace to it. I don't speak negative. I speak positive. I don't, I don't move into things of the world. I move in the things of God. 
I praise Him. I thank Him. I worship Him. I carry it with me. When I walk in, a situation changes. A board may not have an answer for years, and yet I walk in, the anointing of Christ comes with me, and all of a sudden, there's an answer that happens in our business. And our business flourishes because the anointing breaks that yoke that hasn't allowed us to get through. And I'm carrying it not because I've been so great, but because He's so great. Walking in His glory. I'm always looking for people that are tired of average, tired of mediocrity. Looking not for what the world calls awesome, but looking for what God calls normal. Because what God calls normal will break everybody in here free. Break you through to heavenly heights. But you don't get to what God calls normal without submitting ourselves in humility and hungering for the things of God. God, show me your glory. You see, you can pray that on Sunday morning, but if you're not praying that on your knees at home, you're not hungry for it. Lord, show me your glory. Let me be what you've called me to be. Lord, let me stand in front of you on judgment day as you review my life. And the words I hear are, well done, good and faithful servant. Not, I'm glad you're here, but you could have done more. Lord, we want to please you in that day. Lord, show us your glory. Move through us, work through us in Jesus' name. Move through us, work through us. Lord, we submit ourselves to your discipline. We submit ourselves to you. We give ourselves to your plan, and we will not be held back. We give ourselves to your plan, and we will not be held back. Thank you, Father. Just close your eyes right now and just pour out your heart to the Lord. Lord, we give ourselves to you this morning. We need you, and we need your fullness. We need it in our church. We need it in our families. We need it in our businesses. Lord, we need you, and we need your fullness. And we give ourselves to change. We give ourselves to change. We give ourselves to change. We give ourselves to your discipline. We submit ourselves to you.